Hello and welcome back to She's in Focus, the podcast dedicated to inspiring and empowering female filmmakers and videographers from all walks of life and on every step of their creative journey. I'm your host, Kel Grant, an aspiring filmmaker from New Jersey who's just trying to turn my passion into something more and connect with amazing women who have the same passion for video. One of those being Anaïs Bajou, a filmmaker who combines her love of travel, filmmaking and activism. Today, she is a director, camera operator, editor, and produces corporate and event films, documentaries, and dance videos while directing her work towards social and environmental projects. Calling in all the way from France, Anaïs, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for inviting me. This is wonderful. I, uh, it's, it's, we were just talking about how great technology is that we're able to, to speak to each other on, on two different sides of the world here. Um, but yeah, we're, gonna talk, we're bringing the, the female filmmaker gang together and we're reaching all continents and countries. So we're really glad to have you here. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful. So I'm excited to talk about your filmmaking journey. You've traveled quite a bit, and while you haven't always been in the audiovisual world, I think you were in sales, as, or working as a salesperson before this, you took the opportunity to produce your first documentary in 2013 by traveling to the Amazon. Was this your kind of first step into the film world? Yeah, it was. Well, he, actually, I was more... Hmm, I was very attracted by films. Uh, but I never really take the opportunity and the time to uh, to challenge myself and to make my own projects. Uh, the only film that I made uh, before that documentary was a very short film for a contest. And I guess this was kind of my only experience. Um, and in a way, uh, I guess my parents was quite surprised when I say, oh, yeah, I would like to make some film uh, because they never really saw me uh, using a camera. As I can see, some geeks person like, yeah, I always love cameras since I'm a 15. No, not my case. Well, I, I was making a lot of photos, um, so more photos than movies. And for a long time, I was very monopassionate about horses. So for a long time, until I was 16, I always wanted to, to work with horses and no film at all. But then that um, horse riding stuff, it's, I don't know in other countries, but in France, you have money or you don't have. It's like, if you have money, okay, we, we like you. And if you are not, you are not really well seen. So right. it's a bit, uh, well, a bit not really, not the more gentle uh, sector, I guess. And I, would, I was getting disgusted by some people. So I really quit and it was like, oh, okay. I always knew what I wanted to make in life. And then suddenly I have no idea. So it was like a big period uh, asking some existential questions. And I was very attracted by hearts. Uh, so I was writing a lot, making a lot of photos, and I was like, okay, art could be so interesting because you can be passionate by anything, like geopolitics or food. You can you can just uh, tell your story uh, in a photo or in a book or in a film. And I found like film was very popular and accessible to people. Um, so I was like, okay, let's go. Why not to 
to, to try to be in a cinema school. But in France, it's like... You have some private school, very expensive. Well, less than the US, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> But still, uh, because we have public school, it's like, okay, it's like, uh, yeah, um, 8,000 euros a year. So you have to make three years. So it's a lot for us. Um, and I have two sisters. So I was wondering, okay, maybe it's not the good deal because I don't want to, to ask a credit in a bank uh, just being uh, very new so i didn't want that or maybe you have some some public school we have two which are the top 10 of the best school in the world uh after the us or i don't know well anyway but very difficult is like you have uh, four four places for 2000 people or maybe more Oh, uh, after you have university, which is free, but you have not a lot of equipment, so it's more theory than practice. So hmm. I decided to travel a bit. I went to Canada for three months. Uh, I was very shy, so it helped me a lot uh, to develop my English and just to see other countries, meet new people. And then I went back to France and I just... Uh, try some professional experience uh, to have some few money and it was like okay well with my um with my diploma it's the high school diploma i have nothing it's like you can make right. all the shitty shitty job that no one wants to make and so i was very uh, enthusiastic to come back to school but it was still the same question okay what to do because Still, I'm interested to make a film, but it seems to me very difficult to access. Uh, also, because I'm not uh, from a big city, so it means I have to move. So it means you need to have some money to, mm -hmm. to, for accommodation and all the stuff. Um, and my mother was in trade. Uh, she was making a lot of different things in her life. And she was telling me, like, you can try to be some trade stuff uh so i have um a training to be sales sales representative i don't know if it's correct yeah yeah and actually i didn't really like it it's like i make two years like that um it's not really my stuff but in a way today i'm freelance so obviously it helped me a lot it's like how to sell things how, how to sell yeah. yourself <laughs> of course that's all it is yeah <laughs> So anyway, I finished my stuff and was like, okay, now I want to be independent from my parents. So I need money, obviously. And I want to travel and to go far away. So I went to Australia for six months. I was living in my car, uh, traveling and sleeping around with my ex-boyfriend. And then it was like, wow, the freedom. And yeah, I, I wanted to, to continue to do this, like traveling. So came back, have some shitty job. Uh, shitty in the way that is not for me actually it's just like you can have mm -hmm. um quick jobs it's easy to find but obviously it doesn't ask a lot of uh, uh, skills mm -hmm. and after the experience uh, shops after shops i was um i was selling clothes in different shops different brands i live in the alps which is uh, the place where all the Chamonix, where I live, actually is very popular and all the planet is coming here. So you have a lot of people, so which is very good because you can 
meet a lot of nationalities, speak English or any language that you want. But also all the people, when they come, there's many, many people. And people, when they get bored, they buy stuff that don't need. Um, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and they have the, the very ephemer. I don't know if in English if it's correct. It's like the very short... Um, the thing it's a need but it's just because they get annoyed of doing what they do so it's like okay I will buy uh, a clothes and you already know that that clothes will stay in the in the wardrobe and right. I was just disgusting about this is like consor- uh, consumerism and capitalism just yeah um, just keep save your money and do something else <laughs> <laughs> right right so this is how uh, my idea of uh, going to to the Amazon came uh, at the very first beginning. It was a very different idea. It was I was in a long relationship with my ex boyfriend. I wanted to have a transition uh, as job. I wanted to make film, and I turned the page, as we say in French, mm-hmm. and I say, okay, I broke. I need to to travel alone because I never traveled alone. Uh, and and I need to confront myself and to challenge a bit. So I wanted mm. to go horse riding for six months alone in Asia, in India, to be honest. And then I was like, okay, India, there is too many people. Where I wanted to go, and I went um, looking for, I guess, information on the net. And then I saw that there were a girl uh, crossing all the Americas, south to north. Uh, alone with three horses for two or three years i don't remember and i was like wow such wow. an adventure i would love to make the same it would be amazing and mm-hmm. she was talking about costa rica i was like okay yeah interesting this uh, she was talking about the jungle how beautiful it was and was like it's like all my kids dreams um very attracted by what she was t- uh, what she was talking about and and I was like, yeah, maybe uh, I should go there. But in a way, it's like the horse, if he's going to the jungle, you don't have food. So maybe it's not a good place. Or maybe yeah. it's not the good time to be with horse. But maybe I can be alone with my backpack. It will be cheaper. I will be on my own. Mm-hmm. And if I go in the jungle, I should be to the, I should go to the Amazon. So this is how it began. And... It took me 10 months to prepare the, the travel. And my goal was to combine travel and film, as you told before. Uh, so I was thinking that project to be like a business card. So a transition for after. So to prove to myself that I was able to do this. Uh, it was my first film, really, because it's a long, long um, feature film. And the goal was to to understand the situation of the deforestation, the situation of indigenous people, and how uh, uh, the environment of those people are impacted by deforestation and maybe by our behaviors from mm-hmm. Western people. And also about uh, hydroelectric dam, uh, which have a environmental and social impacts. I, n- I never spoke Portuguese. <laughs> Right. So I decided, I decided to go to Brazil because that area seems to me the, the best of 
because the most of the diversity uh, for indigenous people for forests blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. So I was talking, I was speaking a bit of Spanish, uh, but not fluently, and I never never Portuguese. So it was a big challenge. So you fortunately Google translation is talking now. So mm-hmm. I <laughs> I just learned some sentence like hello my name is Anais I'm making a movie well a documentary about blah 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 and that's it <laughs> but Spanish and Portuguese is very similar just the pronunciation is a bit different and you need to get used to it mm-hmm. and um, so ten months of uh, of preparing that project and then uh, I was like okay I'm going now I quit my job and then I have to go alone and then. Uh, I I am in couple, so I was like, and that guy wanted that guy is still my boyfriend now. <laughs> uh, he was actually very attracted by that project too, and he was like, okay, me too. I would like to quit my job and go with you, and maybe we can wow. travel together. Yeah, so it's a good. <laughs> that worked out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I have no apprehension. No apprehension. Apprehension. Apprehension, yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I knew it was it will be good for together, uh, but still at the very beginning I was like, no, no, this is my own project. I have to go alone. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a way, why not? It could be very interesting to be two also. So this is how it begins, and then obviously when you arrive, it's like I over, um, obviously made a um, how to say. Um, to write all the thing that we we have to make or meet all the people blah 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 mm-hmm. and when you arrive it's like i don't know where where to start <laughs> of course yeah you're in a yeah. new place of course yeah um this is how it begin amazing and imagine though when you when you first thought of this you were like i have to do this on my own but now that your your partner was going with you but i'd imagine that this trip you still had to confront a lot of things because you weren't just going to to travel around and just and see all the places you were going to make a movie yeah and i i'd imagine that put a little bit of pressure on the trip because you had you had quit your job so if you went to um brazil and you came back with nothing and no movie you know, yeah. I, I'd imagine that would have, <laughs> you would have felt pretty shitty about that, right? Like, I, I set out to do this goal. So did you go there with the sense of, like, I have to make this happen? I have to make this yeah. movie? Mm, you're right saying this, but I don't feel that I have a lot of pressure. Be- mm. I mean, not in that way. It's like I knew that when I have to go back, I will have some some video to make a film. The hardest part, harder part, I guess, was um, to try because we have three parts, as I told you in the film, like deforestation, indigenous people, mm-hmm. hydroelectric dam. Until the end, you don't know when you can succeed to meet all the people that you would like to meet, and like for, uh, for example, the to meet the indigenous people, as I was imagining this, like. This is a, a f- um, fantasy, but still, it's very like a um, postal card. It's like you want to have some naked people in the tribe, uh, living like very traditionally. This is very all the imagination of Western people, and in a way, I was making a film, so this is a bit of what I wanted to see 
and to record. And those people exist. It's like um, a lot of indigenous, for example, live also in cities. So obviously they are like you and me, it's like t-shirts, drinking Coke, uh, hmm. listen Rihanna in the middle of the forest <laughs> too. Yeah, it's a bit wow. oppressing. It's like, yeah, I have been so far, uh, very far at the other um, uh, other side of the other planet. And then it's like you are for, I guess, 10 days just hiking in the forest you see nothing no one and then you arrive to your village and what you hear rihanna it's like <laughs> okay oh <my> God, <laughs> i was yeah. not expecting this <laughs> of course not uh, yeah. yeah wow that so tell me about the experience of actually filming so did you have to get um some sort of permission to, to film in these areas or, or with the indigenous people? Uh, that's a very good question. Actually, the, the first feeling that we have, uh, because we never been to South America before, it was the first experience, mm-hmm. um, is the feeling that you are not safe being Western, oh. so being white, so meaning that you are money. Yeah. It's like you are dollar heads all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, even if we try to travel as the cheapest way with just a small backpack with uh, one pants and two t-shirts and all the Brazilian uh, took us for Argentinians because I guess it's uh, the image that they have of white people uh, like a bit hippie uh, traveling <laughs> with backpack. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So in a way it was good for, for us, but still we have cameras. So we have stuff mm-hmm. uh, which is valuable. And I guess for six months, for two of us, uh, well, for myself, I was a bit, no, I was not a bit, I was paranoid. I was paranoid because you knew that even if it's midday, in the middle of the of the city, a kid can have a gun and say, eh, yeah. give me what you have. Right. Uh, so you know that. So you, you try to wear the very simple way and you always, in a way, it was good to be two because when I have the camera, you can just check and be sure that maybe it's a yeah. good time to do it. The problem with this, when I, now it's, it was a long time, so you can think of, oh, maybe I should do better next time, blah, blah, blah. Is uh, because you are hesitating too much when you, when you film, when, oh, do, uh, do I take the camera? No, oh, maybe not because I don't feel safe. Yeah. You miss a lot of things. It's like, obviously, and it was not really, I guess in another way, in another situation, I would love to be with local people, but very local to work with me all the time in all the project, because they knew when it's good to, to, when it's okay. And sometimes you, you, you don't feel safe at all and say, no, it's fine. It's like, okay, <laughs> I believe yeah. you. Yeah. I, I try to trust you. Uh, I guess it's the hardest parts. After two, as you told us, your question was, do we need permission? You do. Um, because like in the USA, you have some uh, restricted areas for indigenous, uh, protected by the government. And mm. in, um, in, in the Brazil, for, for those areas, you need to... You need to ask some permission about uh, there is a federal... 
uh, government and blah blah blah. So actually, they mm-hmm. are they are the the person that you intermediate if you like. And then after they ask to the communities, oh, do you want to receive them or not? But it could take a very long time to have an answer, and. And I'm not. Uh, I'm not the BBC. I'm not a very important person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no one's known me. Uh, know me. So I guess for all the six months, it was very difficult for us to. We have the feeling. To we we are not journalists. We don't have a production behind us. It's just two tourists, to be honest, uh, okay. who wanted to know more about the the situation in Brazil about those people. So we we have a lack of credits actually. Especially right. when when we have been in the hydroelectric dam because it's a very polemic um situation. And 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 we 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 face to people who are really journalists and they're very um militant activists and you you're some people just look at you. It's like, ah, oh, come on! I don't want to talk to you because you are not not important enough for the the gravity. I mean, it's, yeah, it's so important that we need to talk to someone who have the capacity to transmit that message, which is very heavy. You see? Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so did you the 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 indigenous people? Were you able? You were able to film them. Um, it was big, big, big. It was very difficult actually because mm. we traveled six months, and then uh, from the very beginning, uh, you you need to decide. It's like, who would li- would like would I like to meet as community? Uh, because there is two two hundred and fifty uh, ethnies uh, in Brazil, which who is indigenous. So you need to choose one, obviously, depending yeah. on the geography. But also, you don't know how to reach them. And so we we reached some uh, NGO and uh, we were very lucky because just when I was preparing before the travel, before the departure, uh, I was uh, interviewed on a French radio, by a national French radio. And those guy was like, oh, yeah, but actually we interview an indigenous guy. He's speaking French. He was living two hours driving from my town and he knew everyone there because the indigenous world is very very small and every because they have all the same problems um they know everyone know uh, everyone so that guy helped us all the six months long so we were very lucky he was like oh yeah you you need to to meet that people and you will see blah 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 and then ask for that or it's like okay (laughs) (laughs) it's like having uh, an assistant so it was very handy um but still until the end we didn't know how it was possible to really live in a community because if you live there you need at least a permission or if you are if you don't have a permission as we did did not you Mm. need to be invited so you need to find the people who want to invite you and how much does it cost to be invited because invited as well i guess in the us too but if i say i invite you it means it's free but not for those people. <laughs> right, right. So I, I don't want to make a junior idea, but it's like those people have been so much and still now scammed by the white people. So obviously they cannot trust you. It's like native people in the USA. It's still, it's a very similar history. So 
so we were lucky to be invited and then we were like it's like five hours driving from the very small town um to, to go to access to the community and then it's not because you're there that you you are allowed to stay there so you need to to meet the chief and you need to to wow. have all the 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 men because the men decides uh, <laughs> yeah as we knew yeah um and then you you have to be to present why you're here so and i am a woman i'm a woman uh, obviously my partner was with me but i'm the the chief of that project so it mm-hmm. was always me uh, uh the the referent person if you want so for them it's like when you travel in other culture like asia or africa uh, you are not really a woman. You are because you see, you are just the third sex. Uh, you are you are not a man, but you are not really a woman because you're white, and or because you are not from the culture, if you want. Mm. So you are a different sex, but we don't know. It's like a, a snail. <laughs> we don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's another character of of, of other. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Another gender. Mm-hmm. So we're not. Um, uh, and the, the, the told us, yeah, you, you can stay and we stay for two weeks, which is, it, it doesn't seem too long for, because we stay uh, six months, but two weeks for them, uh, for free. It's wow. a bit exceptional. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So tell me, tell me about that experience. Cause you were, you were living amongst the indigenous peoples. You were in there. Yeah. I'm sure the footage you got was amazing and you had access that, you know, not a lot of people get. Oh, so I wanted to, yeah, well, we, we arrived, so we were allowed, allowed to stay two weeks. And then the first, at the end of the first week, there is another team uh, who were Korean, uh, who, who wanted to make a documentary uh, in the oh. same village. So then they pay uh, $7,000 to come. No, it's too much. Yeah, maybe it was this. I don't remember. It was like, you know. They paid a large sum. Yeah. Yeah. They, they pay a lot to have the rights to be there and to film what they wanted to film. Mm-hmm. And we didn't, it was not really the same direction that we, we wanted to have because I didn't want to expect them to act or to do something just for just for me because this is i just want to be to observe and then to film what uh what i see and if there's some things that i cannot i don't want to force them obviously to to allow me to to come and obviously because we didn't have a translator with, with us and because you don't know the culture we did some mistake and you don't understand why He's like, please explain me. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, I'm not and trying you... to do anything wrong. Yeah, but yeah. still, that I still I don't know. But anyway, right. so those guy, the Korean guy, uh, it was very interesting to see how they interact with those people because they they wanted to make the kind of documentary that was well other people but not from there wanted to see. It's like okay, we mm. don't want to, even if you are like. Um, very traditional how, uh, houses with uh, woods, all in woods, you see. So it could be like uh, uh, 2,000 years ago. It could be very, it's very intemporal. Um, 
So the the ask them, okay, please remove all the plastic, remove the models, remove all the technology that we we don't want you to seem wow. so familiar with technology. So it like was that. very yeah, I, I hate this. It's like, come on, it's not really the truth. So <laughs> you like are just that feels like they're exploiting them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, in a bit. And uh, also, they ask them to act like the like the the oh, ideal no. uh, character of what we are waiting expecting from indigenous. Wow, is like okay, this is not yeah. at all what I want to see and what mm-hmm. I want to uh, to to demand. So I don't remember your question. I don't know if I re- I no, was answering that. that. <laughs> This is this is great information. So that Korean film team came and they were just they were in a in a few ways exploiting the indigenous people. And even if you don't want to go as far as saying they were exploiting them, they were, you know, demanding things that you didn't want in your film. Yeah. Um, so you had to navigate because they were there for the same for the last week that you were there. Is that correct? Yeah. So you had to kind of work alongside of them or No, actually we 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 didn't disturb them and they didn't disturb us. So it was fine. So no worry for right. that. But we ju- just have some different approach, I guess. And right. it's exactly what I was thinking is like, okay, I'm very young filmmaker. And I realized that I, I also have a responsibility when I make a film because I'm delivering yeah. a message. I'm delivering a, a certain vision of what I want to see and what I want to transmit. So the, maybe the, the people who are watching this in TV, maybe they don't have the money or the time to, to go there in Brazil to check if what they see in the documentary is true or not. Yeah. And it's never fake. It's not fake, but it's not really true. So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, we are just mixing the reality just to because maybe the production behind is asking this or i don't know so mm-hmm. now i have another eye when i am looking for um, a documentary which is talking about indigenous or exotic people you see because it's like hmm, is it true how true yeah. it is hmm. yeah i would have never i would have never thought that until you until you told me that I would have never thought that people would go into, you know, someone else's land, someone else's home and demand them to act a way that they want them to act. But yeah. uh, that that's neither here nor there. Um, so you can't, so you spent the two weeks there and after your two weeks um, with living within the indigenous community, did you then go back to France? No, actually uh, we leave the community and we, uh, we went to um, a national event very new and the goal was to it was very weird uh the name is indigenous game uh and it was taking place in a capital of a region which is cuyaba and Mm -hmm. cuyaba is the the capital of the mato grosso states mato grosso in portuguese means the big forest and -hmm. the paradox of uh, mato grosso is that today is the the state the most deforested and so yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> welcome to the paradox right and then that event was a very interesting because for them it was like oh coming to the end of the of our trip but also the opportunity to meet a lot of 
different ethnies from Brazil, but also from different communities from all the America, also from USA. All the natives came from the North America, South America, blah, 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 just to represent who they are, the culture, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And it was like, look, the Brazilian government is organizing uh, just to promote and just to look after all the diversity that we have, which is just for two days and after they kill you. But Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. And it was very... Exhibition, yeah. Yeah. And actually, my documentary is starting with that image because... The place where that game uh, was taking place was a uh, botanic garden before. And they decided to deforest it, to make some indigenous people, just to have games for like a week. <laughs> wow. And then it was the perfect uh, reason after to, to put a mall, commercial mall or something like that. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, mm. paradox. Yeah, of course. Mm. Yeah. Wow. That's So you, you had you, your leave... Brazil yeah. with all of this footage. Yeah. And you, you go back to France and you have, so now I I'd imagine, so you were there for six months. That's a long amount of time. That's a lot of footage to go through. Well, it's uh, 26 hours. It's not so much. Yeah. Comparatively. For, yeah. Yeah. For six months is not really, and because I was not professional, I was like, oh, I'm editing and now I know I know that I'm missing some footage. <laughs> right, right. But actually, the thing was, uh, we went back from we went back from Brazil, and we needed to to have a job, obviously, because we we just have nothing, as you told before. Mm-hmm. Um, we have also the opportunity to both of us, um, my partner and I, uh, to to make a training. So it's like to make a professional transition, paid. So to go to school and make wh- whatever you want, uh, bef- because I was salary before, uh, we have some money saved, like a, like a bank account, if you like, if you want. Yeah. Um, and it can allow you to pay you some trainings. So I have the opportunity to go in a cinema school because of this, because of that money. I mean, not because I was to the Amazon, because it was a private school, very expensive. I didn't pay on my own, uh, yeah. but that... They just want you you pay and then it's fine you come <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah that's so interesting that you you had this this wonderful crazy experience in in brazil and then and then you go to film school well i would to love school. to go to go before but of course you see anyway it's very interesting because you are like autodidact you learn by yourself and then you mm-hmm. you experiment some few things you and then, as you told, I was living in the Amazon in 2013, and I finished my movie in 2017. So it's like, <laughs> wow, that's a, a long time. Yeah. It's a long time because uh, come back to the Amazon, then you need to, to work for a year to have some money, and then to go to school uh, almost a year, go to internship in India for six months. And then a year to work on the post-production of my movie or, or, mm-hmm. or the Amazon. And then, whew, movie is done. And then I start, I launched my company because I wow. need money. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so fascinating. So let's backtrack a little bit. 
What was the biggest thing that you learned? What's your biggest takeaway from going to the Amazon? Because in a way that was your first big project and, you know, you kind of just jumped right into it and, you know, you went with your partner, but you were really leading this thing. So what was, what did you learn from that experience? I guess is you need to dare. You need to ask. Uh, I mean, even if you're shy, if you are attracted by something, you need to to try. Mm. And still now, I was like, yeah, but you did you. Still now, you can act and you can make an effort to make it more uh, to there. It's like now I have another project as a, it's a making a podcast and. Uh, the podcast is about making a documentary of my documentary because I'm very young and I need to learn a lot of things. Even if I was to school, it was very short. It was six months of training. So mm-hmm. obviously you're not professional when you go out from that. And I have a lack of information. And even if you're young, or even if you are very experienced as a filmmaker of documentaries, you're still wondering, okay, how I get fundings? how uh, it will be released, how I can have a team, how, you see, how the, how, how. (laughs) Yeah, there's so many questions still unanswered. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's like, okay, maybe that podcast or that project will help me to dare more uh, to get all the information that I'm looking for or maybe to make a network as you're as you are doing now. It's like meeting new people. You can, you can find some inspiration and you can find new ideas and some collaboration maybe. So it's wonderful. Yeah. 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 I'm so excited for, for your podcast. I can't wait to tune in and, and listen. Um, I'm sorry. I guess the most will be in French, but... <laughs> Hey, that's okay. I know okay. I know how to you uh, know. pronounce your, yeah. your production company. And I'll just call you and I'll say, Anais, how do you, can you just translate this whole episode for me? <laughs> oh, so um, you went to film school, you said, or the cinema school, it was only about six months of training. You still came out with, um, you know, you couldn't learn everything you could possibly learn in six months about documentary filmmaking. So you're starting this podcast, but tell us about the launching of, hold on. La Tribu de Savages. Is it, is it wrong? Almost. All right. Correct no, me. No, no, no. That's good. It's La Tribu de Sauvage, which means de the sauvage. tribe of the wild. Yeah. Yeah. The S. I don't pronounce the S at the end there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No worries. So um, you launched that in 2017, yeah? Yes. Yeah. So tell me yeah. what drove that decision and how you started. Um, Actually, I was very lucky when I, before I was starting because I have jobs before creating my company. So he helped me, he hurried me, if you want, to, to launch my company. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was lucky in a way that I have um, friends. Um, I have a filmmaker friend in Paris and a photographer friend who is uh, living in my town. When, I, when they knew that uh, I was like, mm, maybe, should launch my company that that was giving me jobs so it helped me obviously to to start it was not easy the first year um and still is not easy because it's covid (laughs) yeah the pandemic really threw a wrench in everything yeah for sure so as i guess a lot of filmmakers uh what's how i get my money is from corporates and events films um because you have money because you yeah. work. <laughs> but this is not my passion. I mean, 
it could be very interesting, but I would love to make just documentaries or clips. And when I say clips, it's not really about music, it's more about dance because I'm, uh, I'm just discovering also myself that I need some more artistic stuff in my work uh, yeah. that I don't have uh, with what I'm doing now. Maybe it could change, obviously. Um, and I love body in movement. So it could be dance, it could be anything. And it's like, I love it. That's great. So you're, well, I mean, you had to take on some projects to kind of keep your business afloat with COVID hitting. So you kind of mm. turned to corporate and events, but it's wonderful that you're kind of infusing that like creative freedom and, and flexibility and passion back into your work by working on things like dance videos and, and body movement clips and everything like that. Cause I've seen your portfolio. I mean, even just what's featured on your website is a large portfolio and body of work in a, a bunch of different niches. So, I mean, you're certainly getting, getting great practice in, um, but your, your real dream is to, to continue working on documentaries. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and i guess making also more cinematic stuff in documentaries mm, um, okay yeah because i think that if people see beauty in a way and beauty is very subjective but still if something is beautiful you get more impacted of uh, the message i guess and yeah. the last documentaries i made was <laughs> because of covid um we have a, a national channel uh, of TV channel here in France, which is very popular and very... They, they make good stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and there were organized, organized um, a contest for female filmmaker. And you have wow. to make uh, yeah short documentaries. So the maximum was 12 minutes. And I was making one about um, a binom, a duo of... Um, um, how to say the hospital, public hospital, and uh, two girls. Um, they were 50 years old girls. Um, and actually, the, the, the documentary is about how those jobs, uh, which are very feminine, uh, less paid, uh, yeah. naturally social recognized, uh, how, how they, they take care about others because they just spend... 12, 12 hours a day to take care of others and because they are 50 years old maybe they are mothers and they are they have a couple so when they go back home they also have the mental charge of taking care of others so it's yeah. like when do it never you, ends yeah when do you when do you uh, think to yourself and exactly. i wanted to mix some dance parts just to, to have some artistic and oxygen, um, some air, um, mm. mixing with all the interviews that they're making. But sorry, I still not have the English subtitles. I'm trying to make it. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I, uh, you know what I, what I noticed about great films, though, is even if it's in a language I don't understand, if it's a really great film, you'll still get your message across. Um, even if I can't understand the interviews based on the imagery and based on the, the transitions that you use and the music that you use, I can still basically understand what the documentary or what the film is about, even if I don't speak the language. So that's, that's another yeah. thing I love about audiovisual. Um, it's just, it, it holds so much power that, that, you know, crosses over barriers such as language barriers. Um, 
So when you're watching documentaries, what do you look for? What what in mm. your mind is a successful documentary when you watch it? Mm. Very good question. Um, I'm curious because well, I think you probably look for something different than I look for because I don't have any experience in the documentary. Yeah, filmmaking. I don't know. I, just, I guess it's not just about documentaries. I guess for me, a good film is a film that I want to, to look... I look, I look, I look a lot of Watch time. over and over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because sometimes, even if it's fiction, uh, you have some pleasure just to watch it and say, okay, I have a... Um, it, was, it was good. I, I spent a good time uh, just watching it, but maybe I won't buy the DVD if you like. Um, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I, I, even if DVD now is over. But the thing is, right. will, will I spend some money or will I spend some energy just to find it, to just watch it again? Because I appreciate to see it. And also because it permits me um, to have a reflection of the world. And I guess it's yeah. what I like in documentaries because um, I was, you know, right now I have another project of documentaries, a, a future, future film, uh, which is about jail in France and horses. Mm-hmm. So it's actually the mediation. So how, pe- how horses can help the um, prisoners, male prisoners, wow uh, yeah that's fascinating <laughs> wow uh yeah we as in the u.s you have uh, also some stuff like that not exactly in the same way but similar and right certain rehabilitation efforts yeah yeah it's like in nevada you have well there's a belgian uh, film from belgium they make a document or not a document it's a fiction film uh shot in nevada about this jail um, horses of about mustangs so the wild horses uh well anyway it's very interesting so i was watching a documentary about hypnosis in belgium made in belgium and it was very interesting because the you you are in the hospital and then you have all the free man is like because they're leading you in all the space all your mm-hmm. imagination it's very poetic and I love poetic stuff in documentaries and in fiction because it's a part of artistic stuff and sometimes all the main ideas of people when they think about documentaries is like the lion is eating the zebra. Exactly, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) The boring stuff that you have in 2 a.m. in the morning in the TV when you're drunk and which is not only this <laughs> so yeah i'm trying to find some beauty and some poetic stuff i guess to answer you yeah yeah i think it's funny i'm always blown away when i see a documentary that is you know cinematic because you know when i was growing up the documentaries i know of are the like you were saying the like discovery channel lion eating a zebra you know there's not much of a real story to go with it it's just like action 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 but when i see a well put together documentary that incorporates like you know the the imagery and the music and the sound design as well as like weaving through the stories i'm like oh this is really raising the bar for what a documentary should be um i'm curious to know what your your kind of your mission behind your production company is because I know you said you'd like to focus on social environmental issues. So yeah, just so tell me a little bit about um, your mission with La Tribu um, des Sauvages. <laughs> the Sauvages. 
Savage. Oh, yes. Savage. Okay. Almost. Almost. <laughs> I'll get it by the um, end of the episode. <laughs> I'm very attracted. I mean, I don't have the impression that a film can change things or can change the world or anything. But mm-hmm. still, maybe it's people have a lot of pleasure to look films, to watch films. So maybe it's an opportunity for me as filmmaker to to try to to give my point of view of a situation. And I guess the we are living in a very special moment in the history of uh, humans and of the planet maybe that climate change is here we cannot deny it. Uh, it's here it's real Uh, I live in a valley where there is glacier and they are melting and we don't have snow and blah 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 so Mm -hmm. I guess everyone in the planet can see that there is a change coming Mm -hmm. so I would like to act uh, to make something and to yeah I guess this is my way to make it and I guess we we are linked we are connected as humans um, to the environment so when you combine the environment and the social issues, uh, you get, I mean, it's very interesting because in the future, in 20 years, which is very near, uh, I guess we will have a very, a change, a real change. And maybe we won't, well, maybe as Western people, we are very lucky. We have some privilege uh, to live in a rich country with a, yeah, with an atmosphere which is not bad for agriculture and blah, blah, blah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I would like to, to be a witness also of uh, those things, I guess. Yeah, and with a lot of these issues, if some people aren't privy to them or if they're not aware that they're happening, seeing is believing. So being able to illustrate that in your films and, of course, adding all those cinematic principles and techniques that we were talking about, you really have the ability to make an impact on somebody. And, you know, I, I, you, I know that you said that you don't think a film in and of itself can kind of change the world, but it can change somebody's thinking about something. Um, and that's where the, the real change starts. Yeah, I mean, when the, um, the Amazon film uh, was released, it, it was in a, a lot of festivals across the mm-hmm. world. And I have... So I guess for few few years I was uh, in festival. I was in school to talk with people. So it was very interesting. Um, and yeah, you had the impression to leave some seeds, and maybe you will see if the seed is taking or not. Um, but now I have also the impression that when I was uh, in a debate to say, oh, look, as a French, I have been to the Amazon, blah, blah, blah. Everyone mm-hmm. is agree with me to say, yeah, deforestation is very bad. We, we should stop it. But we are not from Brazil. We are, we, you see, it's just my point of view of Western girl going there yeah. in a region and a country where I don't have any, any attachment, uh, any link. Right. So now I would like to to have a point of view of my own society because it's harder and maybe we have more deny. Uh, it's like I'm very attracted by feminism or colonialism or all the human rights stuff, which as in the US, as a black girl, I guess you have also some a lot of stuff to talk about. 
yeah. some mm-hmm. some stuff uh, that we which is not normal that you want people to react and i guess it's a uh, maybe a harder mission uh because because to say oh look in another country uh yeah. they don't act in the right way but come on just yeah in french we say broom uh, on your own door just look at what you are doing here and think about it and maybe you won't like it to see what you are seeing but yeah. maybe it's good to have some your eyes in in the front Yeah, I mean, if you're closer to it, it's certainly, you know, harder to kind of have an objective view on it. And maybe and maybe that's a good thing. You know, maybe being close to it is is really going to make for an impactful story because you do have some connection to it. You're not like you were saying, uh, you know, a Western girl going over to another another place and and saying, oh, this is the situation. You kind of have to confront some things in yourself Mm -hmm. if you're if you're talking about issues uh, that are closer to home. Yeah. But it's it's been um, five years since you launched your your production company. Um, so how do you think your business has evolved in the last mm. five years? And what's your focus and your goal for the upcoming year? I guess 20 for this year, 2021. Yeah. Um, I am in the complete transition. <laughs> yeah. Actually, the, the very beginning wasn't really easy. Uh but I have the privilege to live in a place where my rent is not uh, is not expensive. So and also my partner, if I I'm in economic um, situation which is difficult, he can help me. So yeah. even if I want to be independent, I know that I can have some support if I need it really. Mm-hmm. So the I guess the privilege or the chance that I took was. Uh, taking time to make some project that I really like even if I'm not really pay well yeah. uh, because I was loving uh, the what the NGO does or anything um, I would prefer to make a good portfolio of the project that I want to promote instead of mm. making really money why not obviously we need money yeah. it's not, uh, it's not a, a bad thing <laughs> Of course, I not. won't be. I, I won't be a millionaire anyway. So even, especially <laughs> if I want to make documentaries, but yeah. Um. So, the 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 year just before COVID was the best for me. Mm. In the way that I make good money, uh. But also, COVID permit me uh to to have a look of behind and say, okay, fifty uh, percent of of your of your salary is something that you don't really like it just events as photographer uh you don't really like that you would prefer to make other stuff so i don't know in the us but in france we are lucky to have some helps fa- uh, some fundings from the government because of covid as a company yes, so okay. Our, okay so i decided to 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 profit to take all the money it was like okay if I have some job coming, I take it. Uh, if not, I don't. I'm not searching for that because I want to take that time to make something else, to make more personal projects, to develop more my artistic stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is how the documentary about jails uh, came up. 
So now I would love to to make more documentaries. And now at this autumn, I would like to make a new cinema school about documentary, how to write a documentary. So this is my goal. Uh, <laughs> so making the podcast, so to understand how better how to make a documentary, uh, making that school. And then trying to have some contract to, to live a bit and to have a few money. And yeah. yeah, and I guess, you know, it's very interesting because when you are in the, when you dare and when you take time to contact people to make a network and because you are convinced that it's a good way, good thing because we need collaboration, especially in our jobs. Mm -hmm. uh, and when you see that people just are in the same direction as you are it's so it's it's a good it's a good feeling and right now i have that feeling which is yeah my future will be nice i guess i hope i will do it <laughs> yeah 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 it's inspiring yeah yeah absolutely so, i guess the covid will be less uh annoying but who knows Yeah, and I mean your your trajectory with your with your business, it really does kind of reinforce this idea of travel, filmmaking, and activism. Um, so those are that that's been the common thread through your whole story, you know, um, having that passion and then also you know wanting to impact communities and and spread messages that'll that'll help better the world. So yeah. what is one thing about your story or about your journey that you want the people listening to remember? Or to take away? I, well, I guess it will be just there. Just move your ass and do it yourself. Because I guess my mother, when I told her, oh yeah, I'm going to the Amazon. And she's, she's a bit a warrior, you know? So she always like, uh, she, she was a leader of the family and she, she always pursued all her dreams. So mm -hmm. I have a, a lot of respect for that. And I guess he was a model also. So, When I told her, yeah, I would like to make a trip. I would like to make a film in the Amazon. She was like, hmm, okay, let's, let's see. And I was so angry about that. She's like, come on, mm. you don't believe in me. Okay, I will do it. You will see. You will see. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so it's like, I, I don't want people to have some other people to, you, you don't have to react like that. But the thing is, believe in yourself because it's your own life and it's very short and no one will live your life for you so just act and then dare and then you will see and you will see that when you ask people something that they can say yes uh, they can say no but they can say yes and you won't die if they if they say no so try right That's I love that message. That's uh, that's <laughs> especially because you know you can't you got like you're saying you got to live your own life and and people um, may disapprove of what you're doing, but it's not their dreams. It's your dream. So you just you gotta you gotta what do you say? Move your ass. You just gotta do it. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so what would it mean to you to have a network of female filmmakers? Because as you know, we're in a male dominated industry, and I don't know you know how it is over in France but in the US for sure it is a boys club so uh, this that's the mission of this podcast is to just try to build a community of female filmmakers and, and bring us all together um, so what would that mean to you to have a community of other other females in the industry I agree with you I guess in France it's a bit similar um, especially about technologies like all the camera operator will be more 
more male, I would say, but in a way, I don't, I don't really know because the technology now is very accessible. It's not so heavy. It's not so expensive. So in a way, anyone can be a filmmaker. In it's like it's very accessible. You can just put upload on YouTube. And, so yeah. it just the maybe the difference of education that you unconsciously. Mm, it's like uh, we have different genders. So as a woman or as a man, uh, maybe your parents or your environments encourage you more as a man to push push your limits than a woman. Uh, I don't have the impression it was this for myself. I don't have the impression that my, we have three girls. So maybe <laughs> that's why. <laughs> but. Yeah, for me, it's, it's, it's very important to have some female community because also um, the way of communication is different. And, and you know what? That I'm more and more happy to be a women filmmaker because I have the impression that I can go deeply in conversation, like very hard conversation about violence or about anything. If you're a woman, you can go everywhere. If you are a man, you can go in a intimate uh, conversation with a woman. So mm. I'm I'm feeling uh, like a privilege to have this because if I have the sensi- the sensibility to 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 have this conversation, maybe I can have some open mind um, to receive what I'm what I would like to listen. So, yeah, after, I don't know. I don't know so well, I, I guess, the, the environment, especially TV and cinema, I guess, yeah, it, it should be very similar to, to America, but I don't know. I don't know so well. It's like, I guess all the people who have a lot of responsibility, I guess, obviously, they're male. So I had the feeling that now a lot of, Things are changing. Our generation is inspiring because um, because l- l- like you are doing is like you are making a podcast about this. Like mm, so, it means that you have something to to tell. You want to share stuff, and I like this. And people are ready to listen. This may be the only difference because uh, women who wanted to talk, there were a lot in the history, but maybe people were not yeah. ready to listen. So I have. The feeling that fortunately they are turning that way yeah luckily yeah. <laughs> Amazing. yeah that's that's such a good point you're right we've always been willing to talk it's just a matter of people being being willing to listen that's that's mm-hmm. great so where can the listeners and viewers of this podcast find you on the internet on social media so in the very french name la tribu des sauvages so I, I have a website, uh, I have a Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, what else, uh, Pinterest, and I guess you will put some links. So thanks for that. I will. Absolutely. <laughs> so my last question for you, Anaïs, is how can the viewers and listeners of this podcast support you as a filmmaker? Hmm. Right now, uh, give me some jobs or give me some... <laughs> hire me yeah (laughs) no i guess uh just leave some comments if you like if you do not like why you do not like uh what you like uh i guess he helped me a lot um yeah it will be just 
watch my films and it will be the first very good stuff to support me, I guess. Amazing. So I will uh, link all of your, your socials, your website, where they can find you. Um, and then hopefully, yeah, the, the community will reach out and support because we are so excited to continue to grow this network of female filmmakers. Anais, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's been had a wonderful conversation. I am still even more fascinated with your journey now that we've gotten to talk about the details. And I'm so excited to see what you do next. Thank you very much. All right. As usual, thank you so much for listening and I'll see y'all in the next episode. Bye.